Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, and it is indeed time to give you a financial update and an update of what has happened in the past week. But before we do, let's just check in on where the STI is at. The Streets Times Index set to end the week in the green, currently up half a percent at 3,394 points. Advancers heavily leading the pack today, 314 to 197. A pretty healthy trading volume as well today, 1.17 billion security is worth $934.5 million changed hands so far. Just taking a quick look at our top movers when it comes to value turnover. DBS, Genting, Singapore, Singtel, and Yangtzejung Shipbuilding all right up there. DBS currently up 7 tenths of a percent. Genting, Singapore in the red, down 1%. Singtel up 1.2%. To help us break down all the major market moves for the week, we're joined in the studio by the one and only Jeff Howie, market strategist at the SGX. Jeff, it's wonderful to have you with us again. Thanks, Rachel. Welcome. Really nice to be here in the studio. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks. It's been a while. It has indeed, and it's great to see you, Jeff. Um, what a way to end the week, right? Ending the week on a high, that's what we like to do here at Money FM. And it seems that that's what the markets are doing today as well. Is this uh, the year of the rabbit rally continuing this week? Yeah, it's a touch of deja vu, you mm-hmm. know, because as you said, the SDI is now at 33.95. Mm. Go back to Friday close last week, yeah. it was at 32.95. So we've rallied 100 points in some almost three sessions. So that, that represents a th- what 3.1% gain. Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting is that post Chinese New Year holiday last year, we when we reopened, we also had our strongest day for the year uh, that year, okay, so last year. So so we, we rallied 2% on the open and had a few days of gains last year. So it was exact same kind of tempo in the market mm. post Chinese New Year. What drove the market uh, last year and this year has to an extent been the earnings season that we've seen in the US. So the US is right in the middle of it right now, and so far so good. And that's what happened last year as well. But for a reality point, when you look at uh, the S&P gains, which have been around the same level as the yeah. STI, that 3 to 4%, as you can imagine, the S&P 500, however, is trading at 10% lower at the moment than where it was last year. So we're not looking at uh, the same prices per se. We're just seeing a very similar move, very similar reaction in in the market. So earnings season is in full focus. And for this particular season, not just in Singapore, but across the world, we really are looking at uh, how much has the decelerating growth impacted the revenue of the companies? And at the same time, how much of the global supply and demand-driven inflation has impacted the operational costs of the companies? And earnings season and focus here in Singapore as well. SGX, your earnings are coming out in, um, I think, about uh, two weeks. Yeah. Uh, the telcos as well. Um, so lots to keep an eye on in the next few weeks, Jeff. But before we dive into that, uh, let's just rewind a bit before we look forward, Mm. let's look at what we can digest from this week. As you mentioned, we've had quite a bit of economic data out of Singapore from this week as well. Let's talk about inflation data. I mean, that is a huge conversation for the year. The past six months, budget is coming up in what, two weeks? Yeah, Valentine's Day. It is. 
Uh, yeah. Lawrence Wong is uh, going to give us uh, quite a nice Valentine's Day bouquet with a budget, perhaps. Well, it's, well, it's, a, it's a, I mean, my, my, both my two boys are studying high sc- uh, economics in high school, right, and okay. and they will have to they have to watch it because last year it was it was a good one and a half hours of mm. a total overview of all the key economic facets of Singapore how the government was able to fiscally and structurally look at ways to provide levers for the growth mm. without ultimately rocking the boat too much. Um, and also, you know, you, you're, you're, in this, you're in this stage where the MAS has been tightening. It's, it's, it's uh, recentered the, yeah. the, the band, I think, what, three times uh, over a 12-month period. And it's also um, increased the slope marginally three times over a 12-month period. So you can't, you can't obviously can't go out in a budget that's too expansionary. But at the same time, you do have to find ways to provide GST assurance and look for the low middle income uh, support and upskilling and so forth. So I just think it's a, it's a, it's a one, this is, this is a city state, very strong, very admired economy globally. And it's always a great um, opportunity to, to watch this budget and get a real handle on just how uh, intricate it can be, even though it is pretty small, and also get a good um, idea of what real growth drivers are and what the government is doing in order to uh, to also address the big structural issues that we need to address for the next 10 years. So were there any surprises for you when that inflation data came out? No, not at all. I mean, uh, you know, we, we're in that 5.5 to 6.5% mm-hmm. range. So as you know, GST boosts it by 1%. And that means we're looking at inflation so far this year at a similar level as we did last year. Um, it, it, you, global inflation really mm-hmm. matters. You've got Luckily, across our region, the inflation has not been as high as what we've seen in the yeah. in the big G seven company uh, mm-hmm. countries, as you know, uh, bar Japan. And so, so the fact that uh, inflation in Asia has been a little lower is a good thing. I mean, you saw Bank Negara Malaysia actually pivot last mm-hmm. week; they didn't actually bring in a twenty five basis point hike. So, that's 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 of comfort. But the inflation is it's just because it's so demand being demand driven and impacted by the COVID reopenings and at the same time the supply chain, the labor market uh, tightness and so forth has also impacted it on the supply side. We still got a ways to go until we expect the inflation numbers to creep off towards the end of this year. So with this, um, you know, the MAS had earlier predicted that Singapore's core inflation will likely stay at about 5% for the earlier part of 2023. Will this expectation remain or has it changed? Yeah, I think, well, it will will change with what happens across the world. So the U.S. is is pivotal to this as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's that's a great gauge. The next CPI number in the U.S. will also be Valentine's Day that that (laughs) evening on the 14th of Feb. And so far, uh, there's progress, but there's still a ways to go, as I said. So the US CPI, uh, I guess the, when you look at all items headline, it, it peaked at 9.1% in June last year, came down to 7.1% in November, and then down to 6.5% in December, expected mm-hmm. to be around that level mm-hmm. for January. So it's it's slowly coming back, but there's, there's, a, there's, there's energy costs, there's transportation costs, there's... there's, there's Hospitality. There's F and B. There's um, the, the manufacturing components and so forth. There, there's a lot in this mm-hmm. that uh, will mean it's it's it, you can't expect interest rates to have a really super quick effect on, on them. Yeah, Jeff. And so with that, what are you expecting from the MES come April? 
Oh, well, I think the majority going into this year, the majority yeah. expectations were no change. Yeah. Uh, so, so MAS actually moved really quick. Uh, they started their tightening, if you will, with a slight increase mm. in the slope back in October 2021. And they had three increases to the slope and then three recenters to the band. So that was that actually put it uh, quite ahead of most central banks in terms of seeing what was, mm-hmm. was happening and having to move quickly because we are such a trade-centered yeah. economy mm-hmm. and the impact of importing too much inflation can be a pretty nasty thing. Uh, so so I, th- I think... I don't think I, I think expectations are, aren't real high that there will be much move, mm-hmm. but there's a, there's a little bit of data to get through before then as well. Which if, sectors are you particularly keeping an eye on given the current inflationary environment? What should we be watching out for? Well, the the thing is, it's also a it's also a very China focused environment at the moment, Rachel. With the reopening, and yep, that's that's yep. that's having an overarching yep. impact more so than the inflation. Okay. Um, you look in the tech sector, for instance, globally, semiconductor and tech stocks have been among the strongest so mm. far this world. So you've got this mean reversion in the sector. So, so far this year, in, we've seen uh, net fund inflows for our tech sector after the tech sector saw the highest net fund outflows last year. When you look at some of the stocks, you've got, for instance, uh, Venture Venture Corporation, which is trading at $18.46 now, up 8% from $17.06 at the end of last year. UMS is at $1.32. That's up 12% from $1.18 last year. And I guess if you wanted to exemplify it, this impact of the China reopening, okay, um, in one stock, you look at ISDN Holdings. So for the uh, 2021 FY, they reported 70% of their revenue to China. So majority mm-hmm. revenue comes from China. So it Finished 2021 at a share price of 72.5 cents. Mm-hmm. Then in April, it flagged that the containment measures that the Chinese governments were uh, adopting were actually disrupting its supply chain and disrupting its workforce, mm-hmm. flagging it way back in April last year when we were just actually gone full reopening in Singapore. So for its first half revenue uh, last year, it's, that was down 12% year on year. And then for its third quarter business update, its revenue was down 10% year on year. Mm. That stock uh, gradually fell from that, as I said, 72.5 cents at the, end of la- at the end of 2021, right down to 36.5 cents at the end of October. I see that, then, yeah. as we said, optimization rules ca- came in November. Uh, so that saw the stock actually rise from 36.5 cents to around 43 cents at the end of last year. Really putting the momentum into the China growth was 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 the uh, appointment of Ching Ching Gang as the for- new foreign minister, the previous uh, China ambassador mm-hmm. to the U.S. who had a really great relationship with the Secretary of State Anthony Blinken for the seventeen months he was there. Mm-hmm. Plus, you also had Alibaba getting Alibaba getting approval for the financing of Ant Financial, one point five billion U.S. dollars, the big consumer finance unit, and then you've got state media uh, using analysts on the street in China saying that. This is really great for the financing platform uh, development and outlook for 2023. Mm-hmm. That has seen the stock increase further up to around 59 cents at the moment. Yeah, that's where it's sitting right now. It's 58.5. Yeah, um, and, yeah. and all on the ex- very expectations led because when you look at the three benchmarks for trade and tech in a way and uh, the China growth across Asia, it's not X here in Singapore, it's mm-hmm. it's Taiwan exports and it's Korean exports. All of those are still in contraction mm-hmm. year on year based on what 
the data has been in China over the last three, four months. As we've seen, NODEX has been driven lower by China, uh, the, the, the contraction in exports to China, which has been down 30% year on year in December, November, October, September, and down 20% year on year back in August and July. So it's, it's the rallies for much of these stocks, not just the tech, but also on a tourism on a mm. tourism basis, like Gunting, Singapore, Straco and CDL Hospitality Trust has all been on the premise that uh, the, the the tourists will come back and uh, China trade will, re- you know, basically And, and I mean, just, just on the back of that reopening story, I, w- I picked up this article from Bloomberg earlier, and it's about HSBC. I know this is, this is over in Hong Kong, but they're highlighting that the 50% rally has made shares of HSBC holdings the most overbought in more than three decades in Hong Kong. I think the stock's 14-day relative strength in- index has risen to 90 right? So, um, and the analysts are saying that that's all on the back of China's COVID zero exit as well. Markets, as I said, they're super sensitive, yeah. which has provided a lot of opportunities for the week-to-week traders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jeff, before we went live, we spoke about the 60-40 portfolio mm. and where that went into play in performance of the 60-40 in 2022. How do you think that's going to play out in the year ahead? Yeah, it's 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 interesting, right? Because it, it, there's just so many. We've, we've, the cross market uh, strategies are super important. Uh, you know, we, we had a case in point. We had, um, geez, in the auditorium last night, we had an event for Limitan, and we had we had the auditorium packed. I've never seen it so so packed. So investors, you know, basically are asking the, these exact same questions, uh, Rachel. So you, you've, you know, sixty forty portfolios were impacted obviously because of the sheer pace that central banks have had to basically engage with for um, for containing inflation, and that's impacted the bond markets, impacted equity markets. But I think tactically there's uh, in the, there's an opportunity to, to maybe look beyond 60-40. Um, in the, the, there's, there's this old 5-10-40 type of portfolios mm. as well, which, which basically uh, look at weighing a portfolio across very different asset classes uh, so that each each um, each guy's kind of weighting would be between five and ten percent. If it is ten percent, no more than forty percent is is weighed to big ten percent okay. weightings, so to speak. So there's 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 plenty of different opportunities that that uh, investors can take. But the the fact that the thematics are so dynamic at the moment, it just I, I think it just means the the investment portfolios uh, are really great in terms of you know, the ability to pick up some of the MAST bills mm. and so forth. But for the actual equity markets, um, I, th- I think opportunities to, to really hone in and look in at the actual diverse marketplace that we offer here because that 60%, you can be really strategic about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, gold, for instance, was well, didn't perform so well last year, right? Because mm. down 1% uh, for, if, for Singapore investors. But if you're a Japanese investor, it was actually up 13% because of the uh, depreciation of Japanese yen. If you're an Australian investor and you bought our gold ETF last year at the beginning and sold it at the end, you made 6% because of the depreciation of the Aussie dollar to the US dollar. So there's currency considerations to take into account. And then, as we said, with, with the inflation and with the growth as well, because there are so, so many things are uneven and there's distinct drivers, a bit of fragmentation, if you will, you can actually deep dive down into these actual drivers and find the actual right stocks that are aligned with many of these individual 
kind of drivers of the, of, of, of what's happening in the market. Mm. You know, for instance, if, if you're looking at energy stocks, you've got Rex International, RH mm. Petrogas, Geo Energy. If you if you're looking at the CPO and the and the consistent rain yeah. that we've been seeing, um, <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, exactly. You've got you've got uh, Bumitama Agri First Resources and Golden Agri Resources. So so there, there's there's also from the consumer point of view, and if inflation does does pick up and so forth, remember Mr. Lim at Shengxiong Group has said that if uh, if if households are tightening their belts, more inclined to buy mm. fresh produce from Shengxiong Group than actually go to the restaurant. So there's there's plenty of alternatives. Um, mm. So from the sixty point of view, there's obviously the indices and the STI index was our most traded uh, index in our ETF for our ETF investors last year, 1 billion, mm-hmm. 1.1 billion sing dollars of turnover Ooh. for the whole year. Um, but beyond the index as well, the, as we said, the, there's distinctive segments of stock that really are aligned with many of these macro drivers that we've basically got a lot in the spotlight in the moment. Okay, mm-hmm. Jeff. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank, thank you. you. Jeff Howey, market strategist at the SGX, live with us in the studio here on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.